the telecom in this province is SaskTel. And SaskTel has hundreds of thousands of clients, maybe more, that need solutions. If I can create a solution that fits their business model, makes them profitable, creates jobs locally, and puts dividends back into the community, what better channel and partner for me to grow my business faster and more profitable than that? Welcome to Startupville, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm your producer, Ariel Delorier. Our host is Dan Gold. And today we're chatting with Jeff Shirley of River City Innovations and Mike Stefanik of SaskTel's Innovation Program. River City Innovations, a Saskatchewan-based startup, is a world-class LoRa IoT solutions developer. They build sensors for business telemetry needs and the software and solutions that make them work for their clients around the world. They're participants in SaskTel's innovation program. This program was designed to work with the tech startup community to figure out new business models and help break down the barriers to success. This interview is truly fascinating. Learn how Jeff creatively shifted from beekeeping security at his family farm to running an international monitoring tech startup. We get deep into how SaskTel is actively helping the SaskTech tech community and learn more about all of the exciting work that both groups are doing to scale beyond our province's borders. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Saskatchewan and Martin Charlton Communications. Firstly, it's an absolute pleasure to have you both here on Startupville. Let's do um, a brief introduction to each of you because I think it makes absolute sense for the listeners and people watching this uh, to uh, understand who it is we are indeed speaking to. I know Ariel did the introduction, but I'd like to hear it from your words. Let's almost look for an elevator pitch about yourselves and a little bit about the organization. So I think we'll start because of the order on here with Jeff. Well, pleasure to speak with you, Dan, and uh, I'm excited to be here. So I'm a 35-year-plus in IT from original Windows 3.0 days, and uh, I live on a farm in Saskatchewan. I'm a beekeeper as a hobby, and over the last uh, 30 years, I've developed my IT background, grown into three companies, successfully exited one. And today I'm the CEO of River City Innovations. We're a world-class LoRa IoT solutions developer. We build sensors for business telemetry needs, and we build software and solutions that make those sensors work for our clients worldwide. We currently operate in Canada. Uh, we have clients in the United States, France, the Netherlands, and Spain, and we're currently expanding overseas into European operations. And Mike. Uh, Mike Stefanik, I'm with SaskTel, which I believe most people in the province of Saskatchewan are familiar with. But from those watching outside the jurisdiction, we're a provincially owned tele- full-service telecommunications company. So internet, wireless, TV, etc., everything you could picture with a telco. But I think what most people don't know is that we've started an innovation program because we see that you know there are limits to, to growth and opportunity with traditional telecom services. And a lot of that innovation program, and that's the role I'm in, is to figure out new business models and that's done in collaboration with our local tech startup community, our local industry, and just trying to figure out how we can maybe leverage what we do in different and creative ways uh, to, to help out the community. And so uh, thrilled to be here and uh, you know to have a chance to chat with Jeff because we've had <laughs> lots of good interactions in the past in this, uh, in this journey. 
Okay, Jeff, well, I'll get on to you in just a second. But uh, Mike, you've just explained why the program came about. Uh, how long did it take? What was the process in deciding what the scope of the program would be and who who your ideal, you know, target people, target organizations would be to be a part of the program? Yeah, so we've Sastos had a few iterations at an innovation program over the decades. And so the current iteration here, which has taken really good lessons learned from from previous versions of this, probably started about three years ago. I think there was a recognition that we needed to do things differently because, as I mentioned, there were limits to opportunity by doing things in a traditional way. And so it started with the creation of a collaboration center uh, here in Regina at, uh, at Lawrence Street. And the concept of this was to make it an open public space. It's a, it's a great space where all the walls are whiteboards, there's smart boards and everything, but it's open to the community. So you don't have to pay to use it. We open it up. So we'll host collaboration sessions there or other entities that are trying to do innovative and creative things can just go ahead and use the space. And the idea is to create collisions of ideas and identify opportunities. So as we've gone down this innovation journey, we've created teams. You know, some are focused earlier in the earlier innovation stages. Uh, my team is focused on figuring out the business models when ideas look like they have promise. And we wanted to focus in on where there was local decision making. So a lot of industry where... Um, you know, it's local to Saskatchewan, like agriculture, like communities, and in particular, rural and indigenous communities, uh, our resource industries, and uh, government utilities. But uh, a fifth pillar of that is actually the tech startup community as well, because we have such an incredible community here that punches well above its weight, given our population. Um, any entities that are sort of working in those domains, and even outside of them, if it makes sense to do so, are a potential target for us. And what we're looking to do is not to be on the front end of their solutions, but to be on the back end. Is there anything we can do? And even if it's just introducing to other players and we don't have a role to play, but is there anything we can do to help them grow and to scale and to validate their ideas? That's the ideal client that we want to work with. And it's great for the organization because effectively it's a real different way of thinking of how do you grow the offer of SaskTel as well. It, it, you know, the business development opportunity from that side forwards is growth rather than the traditional marketplace, which slowly gets eaten away as, 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 uh, as, as, you know, different consumer options. This business side is certainly a very interesting side. Now, Jeff, um, I want to come to beekeeping later on because I am fascinated by beekeeping. But most importantly, of all the programs out there, of all the opportunities, of all the of all the you know incubators and everything that goes with it, what made you choose to be a part of this program? And was it partly because of the maturity and your experience having been through setting up businesses before and going through this process? The desire in me was to just simply build my business here in Saskatchewan. And when I was uh, moving to a rural farm, you know, my original goal was just use technology, create a career, solve problems around the farm with it as a hobby aspect. But in the meantime, we were actually doing managed IT, software development, database development, other things. The startup community in Saskatchewan and then this relationship we've developed with SaskTel, uh, with CoLabs, with Innovation Place, these things were not known to me at the time. They were surprises. They're not well known enough by young entrepreneurs. 
And they've ended up being amazing things that tenfold accelerated our growth, accelerated our opportunities and allowed us to do what I, in my heart, wanted to do, which was just run a business, be my own boss and not have to punch a clock anymore. So at the end of the day, while we were living on a farm and the first tech issue was beehives being stolen, today it's a completely different ballgame and none of this would have happened without SASTEL and Collabs and Innovation Place and Innovation Saskatchewan driving us underneath. Uh, Mike, Mike and his team were very helpful and continue to be very supportive. Um, you know, I don't have the, the money and time and infrastructure to go put up a LoRa network in this province. Europe does. <clears throat> and in Canada, give SASTEL credit because they were one of the first people in this country to take this initiative and do it. And they're actually uh, continuing to grow it. And I know they're bringing smart buildings, smart, uh, smart city tech to the space. And they're going to do that with the help of uh, startup companies like ourselves. So just in terms of you as a business owner, as someone who identified a problem and you wanted to take it to that next step, often on Startupville, when we start people, there is this balance between being someone from a technical background and the the problem solver, let's say, and someone being, you know, an ideas person and a communicator and needing to find that balance. Some people are blessed to be all of that in one, but within your own organization, within your own business, how did you uh, look at the problem and then problem solving? Let's go back to there. Uh-huh. So this is a common question and, and I have an answer that I'm going to berate myself. I love coming up with crazy new ideas, always. But if you come to my house, you're going to find out that there's 25 things started and two finished. And what I've learned mm -hmm. is you need to surround yourself with amazing people who compliment you and don't duplicate you. So I've made it a point of hiring amazing people who can execute, who can finish something, who can take it to that next level. And when you're in the startup environment here in Saskatchewan, there's a lot of mentors that will step up to the plate and say, uh, you need to talk to this person or you need to go get this person involved in your company or get this business involved in your company to help you fill those holes. Because yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a traditional entrepreneur. I'll work 16 hours a day. I'll, I'll be passionate about it, but I'll certainly chase a lot of rabbits. And I've hired a, an amazing co-founder, Lance, here, and we've had some great business partners uh, where they help us finish that last hop of that experience. They help us get the accounting or they help us procure the, the job with the company. Um, they actually deliver the solution. And in the meantime, as a typical CEO, I'll be like, well, wait, there's another shiny object to chase. Maybe that'll make us money <laughs> and create four more jobs. So I have to be a little bit guarded there. And my partners and my co-founder, Lance, keep me well grounded in that region. That's, that's my trick to it is just amazing people around you. Hire a great team around you and listen to them and don't think you know it all.
I, I, it's, uh, you're right. It is a common story that we hear and, and actually that element of accountability to colleagues as well as anyone who ever puts in money is incredibly important because it keeps you on the straight and narrow before yeah. going, Ooh, shiny thing, magpie, <laughs> new idea. Absolutely. 100%. Um, Mike, just from your experience with dealing with different organizations at different places on their journey, when it comes to, Again, common startupville question. When it comes to someone who's a really brilliant person who might have a weak idea and someone who's got a brilliant idea but might not be the right people to execute it, do you get involved? Do you, I'm not saying interfere, but influence, offer advice to say, okay, maybe there's an opportunity to collaborate over here. Maybe this isn't the idea to take you on to the next stage, but go back, have another thing. Is that the level that you get involved? Yeah, to a certain extent we do. So the way that we like to think is, you know, first it's about the value proposition itself. Does this thing actually solve a problem and a problem worth solving? So if we're coming across someone that has a $10 solution to a $1 problem, I mean, we want to be pretty upfront about that, right? Like, you know, we're, we're not seeing it. We might want to pivot on the idea here. But once that value proposition is established, one of the questions we like to ask is, okay, you have maybe a bit of a business model hypothesis for how to scale this. Where are there gaps in your business model? And we actively get involved with that and try to figure out how can we complete your business model? And in some cases, that involves us acting like a startup as well and investing our time and in some cases, a little bit of money to run market validation experiments in conjunction with those that we work with. Um, so, you know, short answer is, yeah, we absolutely do get involved and uh, do so in a way that that makes sense for, for both of us. And and just on that, actually, the the bit about the partnerships and the bit about the um, working with people and helping people. Do you think that it's partly because of the the dynamic of your organisation? You're not a private telco. This is you know a crown. Do you think by the nature of that, your investment in people it has a different dynamic to other? privately held funds where it's just purely driving at the investment, the return. Whilst you'll still have those metrics, obviously it's really important to, but there's the sense that just just even going back to what you mentioned earlier with that open space, open to the public, is that the principle of being, we are owned by you know the people of Saskatchewan, we are Saskatchewan's telco, we do this because of its, you know, it's part of our ethos, our values, our mandate. Uh, it absolutely is a good term I like to use. We like, we need to do well and do good, right? So, yeah, we do have those metrics. Our shareholder, the people of Saskatchewan, expects a return. You know, we pay a dividend to help fund schools, highways, healthcare, whatever the case may be. But there is that social component as well. We are part of the social fabric here. And so to the extent that we can do these things that you know, the direct benefit may not be to us, but it's good for the economy. It's good for people. It improves quality of life. It improves job opportunities and growing the tech community. That is absolutely uh, a factor in. And so sometimes when we're talking with uh, either startups or with government ministries, it's what is the public policy good here? Is there something creative and innovative we can do? Because sometimes some of these tech startups, while they have visions of selling to individual customers, there might be a public good component to this. And so to the extent we can help facilitate that, we absolutely want to do that because it's for the good of everyone. Oh, K 
count me in. I tell you, personal opinion, probably the opinion of no one else, but I say get rid of the phone book. Let's invest more in this and actually bringing a difference to the people of Saskatchewan. I love this. Uh, That is purely, by the way, my opinion, no one else's. Okay. If it is yours, don't nod. Okay. Um, Just on your hopes and vision for the future, Jeff, when you look at where you've been able to get through this program and those next steps, where does the program from Sastel kind of stop? And where does it, where can you get more value going on? Because sometimes the questions we get about um, incubators and about different investment funds doing X, Y, and Z is at what point do you look at it and go, okay, well, this launches me to this point and here on it's me. I don't. I don't see that. Um, <clears throat> I don't see that as a path for us. So I just, you know, sort of reinforcing Mike's comments about how they get involved with startups and they give back into the community and the dividend process, etc. When we started to work with SaskTel very early here, this would be a, a few years ago. SaskTel uh, mandated we had to go through some training which uh, they invited us to a training session with uh, the business model canvas and my company and myself, we were not a partner. We were not invited to the table, but we had a crazy idea, which SaskTel said, you know, that might have some credibility, but we have to validate it. And we, we were trained for a few days and we put our business through the business model canvas. And I, you know, Mike, I, I still use this today. I teach my staff on this and I apply it to my own rabbits as they come along. And, and we always test everything from three viewpoints, desirability, feasibility, viability. And then inside that, we break it down to who are the key partners, who are our customer segments, what's our value prop, what's our resources, what's our channels. These are all pieces of the business model canvas. I didn't know that three years ago. SaskTel did. And SaskTel knows that if you don't have those three you know, segments done of desirability, feasibility, viability done, you're not going to move forward. And today in my business... I would be a fool to think that I've got a crystal ball and I'm going to wing this on my own and continue to scale and grow if I'm going to turn a blind eye to my supporters and enablers along the way, specifically SaskTel in this case, because uh, I need a telecom to run a Laura network. I'm not going to go find two or three or four million dollars to put one up. And um, the telecom in this province is SaskTel. And SaskTel has hundreds of thousands of clients, maybe more that need solutions. If I can create a solution that fits their business model, makes them profitable, creates jobs locally, and puts dividends back into the community, what better channel and partner for me to grow my business faster and more profitable than that? Why would I go try and wing it on my own and not have these amazing resources behind me? So Mike brought us to that plate with his uh, his staff um, he enabled us. He helped us get our first investment from our lead investor, Connexus. Uh, we, you know, our investors are enablers. And to, to this day, uh, I'd be lying if I said Mike doesn't kick me in the butt once in a while and go, hey, where are you at in this? Because we have customers that need that and you might be able to deliver that. So I, we're still doing that. And we work with the ministries. We work with the government. We work with the, the crown corporations to create innovative solutions at the heart of what we t- can do what our staff can do that will return an ROI to the payer, but also create jobs locally, which is meeting double mandates from SaskTel and ourselves. 
And I hope that makes my investors happy as well. But I, I'm being careful here. I want to caveat this. I do not want blinders on to say only Saskatchewan. So I'm very intent at thinking global. I'm very intent at recognizing there's other audiences out there. And if SaskTel can help enable me or these, these accelerators can help enable me to have better inroads over there or better credibility or a stronger solution, then I want SaskTel to be with me along that journey. So that, that's a deep answer to that question. I don't know if I've answered it in full, Dan, but that's my true answer. Uh, the business model canvas was day one from SaskTel. That's where I started, and I still use it today. I, I pulled it on my desk. It's still on my darn desk here. If I don't think they get video on a podcast, but there's the book. I bought the book, and I still pass it through to some of my staff. If I rotated my camera, you could see the printout on my wall of the canvas, right? That's just how integral it is to what we do. So that's it's awesome. Critical. I love it's that. Critical. <laughs> Thank you. Now, as much as as much as I celebrating the ba um, banging the drum of local, an organization has to offer value. It has to be there for for the consumers, the customers, the partners, the stakeholders, the government, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, just in terms of balance, there are other telcos, but in terms of the value and knowing this place, Sastel does that very very well. There's my balance piece. Okay. Um, just before we wrap up, I would like to, firstly, I, I need to get a copy of that book. Uh, secondly, uh, I'm going to ask you to give us information of how people can get in touch with you because we are all about building relationships. And what I'm hearing here is that the network matters. So, uh, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Jeff, if people want to find out more information about your organization and you, where could they go? Well, they should start at just our website, rivercityinnovations.ca. It's online. It's well organized. Our contact information is on there. Um, I'm highly available on Twitter. I check LinkedIn once a month, but I, I am on there. Uh, I am on no other social media platform. So the best way to reach me is DM me on Twitter or find me through our phone numbers on our company website and uh, reach me through there. And I'm, I love talking to entrepreneurs. Uh, I'm I've been out there in the circle at some other presentations. Uh, my previous life, I taught for 11 years, so I love to pass on knowledge. It gives me great satisfaction seeing somebody else learn from a mistake I've made or, you know, save them an extra step. 100%. And Mike, where can we find out more information about you and the organization? Yeah, so for the innovation program, you can go to www.sastel.com slash innovation. And so it'll have all the various team members there, a little overview of our innovation program. For me personally, I am quite active on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn and yeah, message me uh, or uh, my email contact is on the sastel.com slash innovation site as well. So any one of those mechanisms, uh, happy to have a conversation with with any ideas and uh you know, Jeff was really the, the catalyst for, for the approach and how we do this and giving us insight as to where opportunities are. So I really want to, he's been very complimentary of, of, of myself and Sastel, but uh, Jeff and, and River City, you guys are really an inspiration for us and taught us a lot about how to really turbocharge this program and, and the good work we're doing. And uh, you're doing amazing things and we're rooting for you hard. 
Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I, I've, you know, we, we listen closely. Um, obviously, you're a key partner of ours, and we wouldn't be here without you. You're key instrumental in our first investment. We continue to grow, and I'm happy to report that we did not invest in anything crypto. So this recent crypto crash, we're <laughs> solid. We're bumping forward. Uh, we're still scaling and growing. We're looking forward to the upcoming uh, months and years here. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Saskatchewan, helping grow the tech sector in our province and beyond, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. Our show is produced by me, Ariel Delorier, and our host, Dan Gold. Our theme music is from GG Riggs and Reactor Productions. Find out more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash Startupville. Follow us on Twitter at Startupville Pod, and check us out on LinkedIn as Startupville Podcast. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startup Bill.